You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, hi there, and welcome is the cheesiest way I could think of to start the show. Welcome to Monday Football Monday on the SB Nation NFL Show. My name is RJ Ochoa. This is the show where we break down everything that happened throughout the NFL on Sunday, which is why today is Monday. A reminder that this show is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBN. NFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Week 15, I was going to say, is just about in the books. However, at the time of this recording and streaming, because we do stream this show live to the SB Nation NFL Facebook page, the SB Nation NFL Twitter page, and the SB Nation NFL YouTube audience is starting to get a little bit more of our beautiful, bright, shining faces. We also obviously podcast this show for you, available on the SB Nation NFL show. Subscribe, leave a rating, write a review. Uh, wherever your podcast provider takes you, if that's Apple, Spotify, figure out a way. You can do it. We believe in you. And uh, yeah, there are four games left, thanks to the NFL rescheduling a couple of contests due to COVID protocols, COVID outbreaks, et cetera, et cetera. But we are here to break down what happened on Sunday. And I say we because he is with me always, always in my heart, always in my mind, always really in um, you know physical form wherever I tend to be. From Arrowhead Pride, I am from Blogging the Voice. You've got your Cowboys and Chiefs slants covered here. It is the one and only fresh off of his trip to the city of angels, Pete Sweeney, on Twitter at PG Sweeney. Pete, 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 welcome back. It's a Pete party. How you What's doing? What's up? Man? Hey, happy week 15. What a weird week. We got Monday night football, double Monday night football tonight. That's right. Tuesday and night double football. Tuesday night football. Double I'm coming trouble. off, as you said, a trip to Thursday uh, night football as I watched the Super Bowl favorites defeat the Los Angeles Chargers in mm. overtime. And probably the, the arrogance of, is back. Okay. Probably the game of the year. And and my goodness, as the weekend went on, we know what happened on Saturday with the Colts. We know what happened on Sunday with the Titans. And now the Chiefs control their own fate, their own destiny. Did you know that it's not destiny technically because you can't control destiny. They control their own fate. Shout out to Bob Costas and Herbie Teope who called me about that this morning. And so, yeah, here we go. The The Chiefs just have to win three games in a row and, and we'll take we'll have a week off, I guess. Uh, destiny, fate, whatever. The rest of it, uh, according to Natasha Bedingfield, is still unwritten, whatever the case may be. Uh, <laughs> feel but, it on your skin. No one else can feel it for you. Exactly. Only you can. Uh, is it take it in? I think it's let it in. Um, let it in. Actually. Wow. Um, yeah. You know, who would have thought? Natasha, is, we know you're listening. Yep. How, how does it? Hope, hope the family's well. Merry Christmas mm. to you. Uh, Merry Christmas to all of you. If you're somehow listening to this after Saturday, there is also Saturday football this week, Pete. There's a lot of NFLness going on, which is why uh, we are here There's to break no, down. 
It's just Wednesday and Friday, right? Are the football list days? That's it. We got football up. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, <laughs> Saturday, Sunday. So if um, you're if you are in a relationship, right, where you're the mm, football crazed person and DSO mm, significant other isn't into football, this is a nightmare week, right? Like you're like we're going to be watching football every single day for the most part. Wednesday and Friday are the only days we we don't have to watch football. Are you kidding me? It's Christmas week. Come on. Uh, so it is I'm Christmas. feeling for. Feeling for yeah. those SOs out there who don't like ball. Uh, wow, those SOs. Uh, Pete Sweeney is uh, in a fantastic mood. I'm in a fantastic mood. Our fantastic producer, Rachel, is in a fantastic mood, not because of the I Baltimore see, Ravens. I'm, I'm looking at you, and, and I do see it's victory over Mike Glennon Polo Monday. Ah, so. I see. Pete Sweeney, uh, <laughs> Pete Sweeney shrunk a lot you know, this NFL season, but is now walking tall. Uh, love to see it. Glad you're back, Pete. Uh, let's go ahead and we'll dive right in. I, never, you, you were, I was just – I was away – Almost on like a, a, what do they call those sabbaticals? And then um, now the energy is back. A sabbatical, I think, is, um, is forced though, isn't it? Like, like, well, you, I didn't choose to feel the way I felt. So for then most you, of the you season. got to use the word improperly. Way to go. Huh? Uh, but anyway, Pete, let's get the party started. We have 10 games to break down. You mentioned Thursday night football that happened. Saturday is already 10 years ago. Nobody cares that the Indianapolis Colts beat the New England Patriots. What a game. So, uh, seriously. So that was but, a- interesting game as well it was people we're here to talk about sunday welcome to the premise of monday football monday let's <laughs> okay. start now everybody in the angry, 313 angry. get happy. your you know what hands up and wave with me the detroit lions pete wow. took down the arizona cardinals final score of 30 to 12 shocking the football world this is a massive win for the detroit lions pete Sweeney, who over their last six games are two three and one, which, as uh, I should point out, is a better record over the last six games than the New York not so good at football Giants. The Arizona Cardinals, Pete Sweeney, just a week ago at this moment that we are streaming live, were the number one seed in the NFC. Everything was hunky dory. The desert. J.J. Watt. I'm sure he had a Letterman jacket for some reason or another. And yet the Cardinals have now lost two games in a row. They have fallen all the way back to the four seed in the NFC. And suddenly even the NFC West is in jeopardy. This game didn't make sense, and we get games like this every year, and I don't want to say that the Cardinals are now suddenly going to completely fall off, but this wasn't good, right? You're not supposed to lose this game if you're the Arizona Cardinals. They had a chance to, I believe it was, clinch a, a playoff berth at least, and they've been the dominant team in the NFC, and you're starting to get a little bit worried, and, and you wonder how much Hopkins means to this team and how much maybe one thing leads to another when you have a game like this you like it for the lions fans i've talked about this on the podcast before lions fans you guys are nuts the fact that you're so into this team who has won two games and has a tie on their record and 11 losses is amazing you want to see a winner at some point here in detroit and now you're, you're left wondering about the cardinals in the nfc like i said i i think this could be an outlier game for them but would you realistically in your heart of hearts ever pick the Cardinals to win the NFC now? I think that answer is a, a overwhelmingly a hundred percent. No. Right. And so that, I think that's where this changed for me. And it was different a couple weeks ago where I felt really good about the Cardinals, maybe making a run. And you were hearing some of that. Where is the national respect for Arizona? Well, maybe that national disrespect, if you want to call it was correct when they go out and play like this. So first of all, um, you're right. Shout out to Lions fans and your beautiful Honolulu Blue. Merry Christmas to you all and hope you enjoy the week. Seriously, it's always a fun week when you get a win like this, especially if your season is kind of in, in some state of turmoil like it has been for Detroit. Uh, but they are not the story, right? I mean, you know, again, 
good times or yuletide greetings, I suppose, uh, to Lions fans. But the story now is the hierarchy in the NFC. And you're right, Pete. You know, early on, the Cardinals' lone loss was that Thursday night game against the Green Bay Packers. And it was almost a win at the very end, obviously, the interception right. that Kyler Murray threw. So you could kind of, like, reason with yourself, say, well, their one loss was to the Packers, you know, whatever. And then they lost to the Panthers without Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, who, uh, speaking of, you know, picking the Cardinals to maybe, you know, represent the NFC in the Super Bowl, will not be back likely until the NFC Championship game, obviously, if the Cardinals do reach that. If not, his season is, is in totality over. But so, okay, you lose without, you know, your guys. That's a little bit understandable. You lose last week on Monday Night Football. Okay, that, you know, hey, it's, it's a division game. The NFC West is weird. The Rams were down. They kind of gave you everything they had through the proverbial kitchen sink of you. This one, there's, you know, you mentioned it, Pete. Every team in the NFL, every would-be contender has had this whoops-a-daisy loss, right? Yep. Every team's had a what the hell happened there. This is the king of them. I mean, you cannot lose this game. You could not have asked for a better opportunity after last Monday night's loss to get right, to get back. Every Cardinals fan looked at the remaining schedule a week ago tonight and said, you know what, we'll beat Detroit, we'll get back on track, et cetera. Nobody budgeted for a loss in this particular game. And again, it now drops them below the Bucks below the Cowboys, obviously below the Packers. I don't know how you pick them with confidence to do anything. I don't know if you know this, Pete Tweeney. Cliff Kingsbury, who you have superimposed your face on once upon a time on some SB Nation content, his yeah. record as the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals in weeks one through eight over the last two years, 12 and three, dude dominates. You know, when it's fall, when, when, the, when the leaves are changing, Cliff Kingsbury, he's the man. Weeks nine through the end, he is six and nine. So a very yeah. different ballgame for Cliff Kingsbury over the second half of a season. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, you think about Kingsbury toward the end of the year and, and you wonder, you know, you had that photo of him at the draft and uh, not really a cold weather guy. You can tell that this guy really enjoys his summers. And when you think about this team, I think the key for me in the game was just the complete curbing of Kyler Murray on the ground four attempts rushing for three yards. Charles Harris of the Lions uh, picked up one and a half sacks, two quarterback hits, and three tackles for loss against Murray. And the Cardinals are good when they have that threat. And then you think about Hopkins, who to me still is among the best receivers in the NFL. You take him out of the equation and you stop the Cardinals from running on you, the Cardinals aren't that scary at all. Like this is a team where, you know, sometimes you'll have that wild card team and the AFC to me, it's the Indianapolis Colts right now where you don't want to run into them. I think if you're in the NFC playoffs, you want to run into the Cardinals because they are definitely going to make the playoffs still. Um, but they seem to be clearly heading into the wrong direction and are primed to be knocked out in, week, in the first week of the playoffs. They're not clutch. I mean, you look at it last year. Remember, they couldn't beat the John Wolford led Rams to get mm. into the playoffs. Wolf, and, Wolf. And Shout that's there. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Well, Bears out of the office today. You know, we're just. It's, I, it's, I suggested this uh, to Rachelle, our, our wonderful producer, and she, she was very much on board. We need to get a bear cam. So when uh, he does start barking, you pop up that extra window and we kind of can see what's going on as a garbage day. Maybe we can figure that out for ourselves. Well, you yeah, know what? Uh, Breaking news around my neighborhood. They are actually changing garbage day no. in the new year. So it will no longer be on Mondays. So oh, watch man. out, everybody. What a shame. We'll, we'll be garbage good. football garbage. Uh, sometimes God, with bear well, barking. 
that is what the Arizona Cardinals have put forth lately. Yep. Garbage football, garbage. Ugly. Their remaining schedule, Pete Sweeney, is not easy. Uh, they have the Indianapolis Colts on Saturday on Christmas Day. I mean, Jonathan Taylor coming to town. Well, that's a really great uniform matchup, by the way. A nice red and blue pop. Uh, but so you never know what's going to happen there. After that, they visit the best team in the world, the Dallas Cowboys. And then to end the season, they get the Seattle Seahawks at home. And maybe Russell Wilson's last game is a Seahawk. I mean, that's Definitely. that's a tough way to end this. This is the end of the the Seahawks, Russ Wilson, Pete Carroll combined mm. forces. Mm. This is it. All right. Well, that's the end of our Cardinals Lions talk. Congratulations to them. Let's go, Pete, <laughs> to unfortunately Ray Shell's Baltimore Ravens, oh, who did not have goodness. enough at the very end against the big bad Green Bay Packers. A bad week for analytics, hasn't it? The NFC North champion Green Bay Packers, by the way, Pete. So we need the first team in the NFL to clinch a division title. The Packers are Aaron Rodgers, the clear front runner for MVP. But you mentioned it, the story of the day, the way that this game ended. It was another two-point conversion that John Harbaugh went for. Uh, Ravens down by seven. Tyler Huntley, who plays in the game for Lamar Jackson, scores a touchdown. And all of a sudden, it's what's he going to do? Is John Harbaugh going to roll the dice? Is Pete Sweeney <laughs> going to approve or disapprove? I have some thoughts on this, Pete. But you know what? You know, you know what? Your hair looks great today. So I want to give you the floor first. Thank you. I'm actually trying something new. So uh, mm. I appreciate that. I, I feel like it, it's it's going. I'm your right hype there. man. I'm here to hype you up. I got this. Thank you. Yeah. Shout out to Julia who cuts my hair. OK, so Julia Gulia. Here's what I think. I think that analytics took a wrongful hit this week. And mm. I'm going to talk about Thursday Night Football for a second here as I keep bringing it up. But Brandon Staley tried to go for it on, on five fourth downs, only converted two of them. And when the game is decided in an overtime in that fashion, people are going to ask questions. Same thing in this game now where Harbaugh goes and says, I'm going to go for two at the end of this game because I think I have a better chance to win this game right now than in overtime. Analytics, whatever, just watching these two teams, he's right. He is right. If this gets to overtime, the Packers are probably going to win it. And so what you have here are two results, unfortunately for the Chargers on Thursday and unfortunately for the Ravens on Sunday, where if it goes in the opposite direction and the Chargers knock off the Chiefs and they are in position to be the first seed in the AFC and the Ravens have this stunning upset without Lamar Jackson, 32 to 31 over the Packers, analytics people are finally getting their we told you moment, but now it just gets reaffirmed that these are wrong decisions when they're not really wrong decisions. They just didn't end up leading to the results that are ideal and really are a higher percentage. So it's like a cause and effect type of thing that I think is going to be unfair against analytics today on this Monday Football Monday. So I love the decision to go for two. Let me be very clear. I think if you are the lesser team, which the Ravens clearly were because without Jackson, uh, yeah, without because they didn't have Lamar Jackson, you're up against Aaron Rodgers. Nobody's going to dispute this. I love that. You're you know you're kind of I don't want to say you're playing with house money. Um, but, but you're in this situation. I don't have any problems with this. I don't believe that this is an analytically based approach though. And this was a, a huge conversation taking place on twitter.com in the aftermath and the fallout of this game, the analytical decision, Peter, if you want to lean into, into that line of thought would have been when the Ravens were down 31 to 17 and yeah. Huntley scored with four minutes and 47 seconds left to go for two. Then that would have been the. I am woke analytics God move from John Harbaugh that we have yep. seen on a week to week basis. He did not do that. In fact, he kicked the extra point then 
and then went for the win, obviously, as we've been discussing. That is really just a coin flip proposition. And I don't think anybody is bothered by this because, again, you're playing a team that you're outmatched against. If you lose the coin toss, it's likely Aaron Rodgers is going to go down the field and win. Um, so if, if, you're good, if your odds are 50-50, you might as well take the 50-50 odds that you control on the attempt. So I don't... It, it's been a tough week for analytics um, in, in terms of national takes, especially what happened on Thursday night, the game you were at covering Pete uh, with Brandon Staley and his decisions. We don't have to relitigate those, but I, I, this was not like analytics is my point. This was just John Harbaugh making a decision and it didn't work out. I, I, yeah, I, I understand. But I mean, when he goes at the podium and, and kind of cites the fact that we had a better percentage chance, but they're that's not that's not fundamentally true is my point. I'm, I'm not I'm not the dude like running that. this data, but from the, like the people I trust in this world, shout out Ben Baldwin of The Athletic and, and, and the likes of them. I mean, they are much smarter at this than I am. That was not an analytically based decision is all I'm saying. Well, we don't know that for sure is all I'm saying, because we don't have their projections just because of PFF. You, you know what I'm saying? So I, I don't know. I, I Their book may be different. I feel like every NFL team makes tweaks regardless I don't hate the decision either. I think he was trying sure. to keep it in con- in his control. Like again, like we saw on Thursday night, you let it get to overtime. The the Packers might go and score a touchdown. You might not touch the football either. And so overtime being imperfect, I think played a role in this. I want to say a couple things about players. Say them. Say them all. Game. So we talk about Kittle, Kelsey. Um, now Pitts is is in that mix. Certainly Waller as this tight end elite fraternity. Mark Andrews is legit and probably doesn't get enough respect in that regard as one of these dynamic receivers. He had 10 catches for 136 yards uh, in two touchdowns in this game. And in a game where you didn't have Lamar Jackson as the star, Andrews filled in there. And they very nearly off of what Andrews was able to do in this game, again, knocked off the Packers. You have to give the Packers the credit. Devontae Adams to the Ravens defensive credit was curved a bit in this game. So Valdez Scantling steps up for 98 yards uh, and the touchdown. And I think when the Packers have, you know, multiple um, players to go to, like it's always been such a Rodgers and Devontae thing. And part of the problem with Aaron Rodgers being so disgruntled is what, right, they don't invest in these offensive players. MBS seems to be emerging right at the right time. Their run game is good. I like Jones. I probably like Dylan a bit more, but they got this one-two tandem thing going that I think a lot of teams um, like. Defensively, you need more against the the Ravens and Huntley, but I also think it says a lot about Huntley because, and I and I hate that we're talking about the Ravens more. It seems like than the Packers, but I think there's more about the Ravens right now. Huntley to me is a starter in the NFL. He is one of thirty two. He is one of thirty two uh, players. I think he has the ceiling to be above the Cousins line, which to me is the fifteenth best quarterback in the NFL. I'm not saying he would ever get there, but to me, I think he at least deserves a look here. He was nine of twelve for ninety-four and two touchdowns against the Blitz. Uh, he also had four of eight for fifty-one yards and two touchdowns of passes of ten plus air yards. He's Lamar Jackson light, but to me, that is still within the realm of thirty-two in the world, in my opinion. Uh, he will be an exclusive rights free agent uh, in the offseason. So if the Ravens don't want to lose him, they can certainly control that. They obviously have to figure out the contractual situation of Lamar Jackson first and foremost. But just, you know, interesting thing for, for bookkeeping purposes there. Um, tough loss for the Ravens. And on Sunday, it gets tougher because they have to head 
to Cincinnati to take on the currently leading the AFC North Cincinnati Bengals, which is where we go now, Pete. We need the Bengals, the Bengals holding on against the Denver Broncos, 15 to 10, the final score. This was the battle of the seven and six teams. Cincinnati gets the win again because of what happened with the Ravens, what has been happening with the Ravens as of late. The Bengals now sit in first place in the AFC North. The Denver Broncos fall a little bit further behind. The AFC wildcard race is very, very, very tough. The Broncos at seven and seven are the 12th seed in the AFC at the moment for perspective on that Pete the New Orleans Saints are the only seven and seven team in the NFC and they are currently the seven seed appropriately so seven 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 anyway uh, maybe we need to go to Vegas but anyway the Bengals Pete Sweeney uh, well, beating this afternoon the right Raiders Raiders and Browns that game is in Cleveland though to be fair that would have been so perfect if that game had been in Vegas sorry oh, uh, you know okay. hate to ruin it but you know it is what it is anyway hey, I rolled the dice not really knowing you know what I mean? nice uh, well uh, anyway the Bengals Nero. get a, a win kind of a defensive heavy game uh, Joe Burrow hit Tyler Boyd late in the game to kind of break it open for them mm-hmm. um Teddy Bridgewater left this game with a head injury. That was really scary. Everything seems okay for now. We'll see what reports obviously show throughout the rest of the week. Drew Locke did come in to finish this game for the Broncos, and it wasn't enough. Uh, the Bengals, you think they could win this division? Yeah, I don't see why not. Just because they won ugly in this game doesn't mean that they're necessarily a bad team. Like the good teams and the playoff teams go to the cliche here, but they find ways to win when they're not playing their best game. And I think that, that fell um, for this for them in, in this way. I think we were robbed a little bit with Bridgewater leaving the game and Denver's made the right call. Like Bridgewater is better than Locke. He's going to give you an, a better opportunity. I do want to see something about that, that injury because it was really scary. And it, it was a, you know, we, we talk about and joke about the tough week for analytics it was a tough week just for nasty injuries in the NFL starting on Thursday and then continuing on Sunday where you just had like a lot of looks where players were, were just face down and a lack of movement. And you're just like, wow, man, you, you it was a it was a sobering reminder of just like how uh, crazy and insane you have to be to play football. And, uh, you know, they deserve every penny and, and the risk that they take in, in doing this. And I think we were robbed of the results because I think Bridgewater gives Denver a, a true chance. And I don't want to lose sight of Denver in this either. They're seven and seven and they have a chance on the on the back of their defense to maybe push for what would be one of those later seeds in the playoffs. Still, they were almost able to to pull off the, this game. They were actually favored going into this game and uh, the Bengals were were able to, to pull it out. Um you would like to see a better performance from Joe Burrow, but I happen to think that Denver's defense is one of the better teams in the NFL. So, yeah, I, I, I see the Cincinnati Bengals as a, a playoff team for sure. I think they're spicy, and I think they could do some damage when we get to the AFC tournament. You mentioned that the Broncos were favored in this game. Stats and I, Rob Stats Guerrero, of course, you can hear tomorrow on the Oddcast on the SB Nation NFL show. He and I co-host The Look Ahead. And Pete, um, Stats and I have a, a bit of a charity wager going on. We, we pick a couple of games every week, and whoever loses in the end is going to make a donation to charity still. Um, you know, ironing out the particulars there, but very excited. And I took the Broncos in this game. Uh, the Broncos, who I have called frauds many times, and I are many times, and I agree with you. It was a little bit, you know, and, and first and foremost, obviously, everyone was concerned, rightfully so, about Teddy, but a little bit of air out of the balloon, um, you know, because it, it did feel like a, a nice, it wasn't a sexy game, but it felt like a game at least right. uh, be- before he left. And so yep. I do think that Denver is a playoff team. I know there's a huge logjam happening there. I could totally see them. I think they're deserving of a wild card spot. You know, on the subject of Teddy, I think he's played rather well since the um, the duck he had against Darius Slay. 
a few weeks ago. I think he's kind of come out and really, you know, I think a lot of guys would have caved in that moment. I think Teddy deserves a lot of credit. Remember, he came out the following week and said, you know, that was embarrassing. That was hard to watch. You know, I'm going to make sure I make a difference. And I think he's done that. But on the Cincinnati side, we'll see what happens with Cleveland. Again, we are recording this, streaming this on Monday morning before the Browns and Raiders play in the game. Pete incorrectly got the destination on. Uh, but um, yeah, let's make sure we highlight that as, as many times. Is, as we want. is the AFC North the, the most interesting division race in the NFL? I think it is. Yeah, I think you can make make a case for it i mean you just talked about the denver broncos that would be three teams out of the west as well oh, but goodness to me oh um, my gosh what i'm just it is interesting now, i'm talking a race for the title not yeah, not a I race mean, look, among you know getting it is the afc west gonna have the most playoff teams this year when everyone thought it would be the nfc west probably all right so yes no as, as far as the that, afc north, no but, i think the afc north might have the most playoff teams i mean because i maybe think you, maybe I think you, afc like, the AFC who are, South is suddenly will, interesting. Who are you willing to discount? Who are you willing to, to guarantee will not make the playoffs in the AFC North? Nobody. Maybe Cleveland. So, wow. So you think Cleveland's... By the way, uh, Baker Mayfield and Case Keenum not going to play today. Um, again, that game will happen later today. Yeah, as I'm mulling, mullinging it over, um, yeah, I, I think Cleveland is probably going to fall out of this. As, uh, they're going to lose to the Raiders Okay, my today. point is... Oh, so you think the Raiders are better than the Browns, which I guess today ma- makes you believe the AFC West is better than the AFC North. Collective. Today they are. They're gonna, the mm. Raiders are going to win today. Do you want to make... Do you want to? People love our burrito bets. I'll take this straight up. I don't even know what the line is. Uh, well, I am currently one up on the burrito bet here on Monday Football Monday, but let me yeah, see I'm here. trying I don't, to get I don't that wanna... sweet, sweet carnitas uh, back in my life. And let's so be I'll, let's be clear here. The bet we that I'm up on was not carnitas. It's just beef or chicken. Um, so you know, chicken or beef. The original name uh, of this podcast. Oh man, that would have been so awesome. Imagine if we had done that, and then the Chipotle thing had happened. I'm, mm. You owe me an apology. No, I'm not uh, going to apologize. I anyway, came up with Monday Football Monday for 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 what it's worth. And yeah, what, we are sorry to the collective. Clearly, but, um, the, the Raiders, according to our title. friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, again our presenting sponsor, the Raiders are two and a half point favorites. So you're willing to give me those two and a half points? I don't even saying. need the point. Or, or no, they're yeah. I'll take them as I'll take them minus. So you're gonna give you're gonna give me those two and a half that I don't you know, or I'm giving you two and a half. That's what no. I was saying. That was is why I was confused for a second. <laughs> Um, like, what are you talking about? No, no. I'll, I'll take the I'll take the odds. We'll go to DraftKings Sportsbook right, two, and, two and I'll a half. take minus two and a half. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Sounds good. I'll take the Browns because you know what? It's, it's it's Christmas time. So I'm one up. We've got a Browns Raiders bet on the board. Uh, this mm. is just a burrito, P, because the, the carnitas is something we feel passionate about. Chips I don't, and guac? No, dude. This is just a burrito. This is, you know, we it's you can't throw out can chips and guac or carnitas unless if it's you order special. online, you can you can get a quesadilla now. Nah, too. You got it. You got to be special. So okay, just standard right. burrito bet. Uh, congratulations. Sure. You know the the initials for a Chipotle burrito, CB Pete Tweeney, like the Cincinnati Bengals. That's right. Like the Cleveland Browns, like the Chicago Bears, who also play tonight. So lots of CB action happening uh, around these parts. You mentioned it, Pete Tweeney. Let's head to the Tennessee Titans, your favorite team in the NFL, who lost on Sunday. In fact, speaking of of predictions on the look ahead, I predicted the Pittsburgh Steelers to get this win, 19-13, to the final score. Pittsburgh just a little bit more rough and tough than Mike Vrabel's Tennessee Titans. It's so hard to look tough to me 
in the winter months when you you have like aqua as your color. You know, like I just I can't believe that you are like a, a hard nosed football team when that is in your color scheme. But maybe that's just me. Uh, this was a big win for the Steelers, Pete, who obviously have had some some tough losses as of late. They were coming off that rough loss against Minnesota last week on Thursday night. But they found a way to survive. And again, at seven, six and one, they are the current 10 seed in the AFC playoff picture. They really, really, really needed this. You mentioned Tennessee losing really propelled Kansas City to full control in the AFC number one seed race. Uh, A really impactful game for the AFC as a whole. I have a, a grander point about the Steelers. So yesterday was a great day for for me. I can just sit back and really watch these games. And, and almost as a fan, I didn't have to do anything, which is awesome. I know you love those days too, RJ. And I'm watching the Steelers, and I said something to my my friend, uh, and, and I, I think it made a lot of sense because they're big football fans. And they're like, you're right. The Steelers are this team where you watch these games, and they just look like an, a terrible, bad football team that can't get anything done. And then maybe you turn on another game and you come back to the Pittsburgh Steelers and you're like, they're winning this game. How is this terrible team winning this game? That's a, a nice flow with the terrible towels. Now you look at the skill position players on the Steelers. Let me read this off for you. Harris, 18 rushing yards. Johnson, 38 receiving yards. Fryermuth, he did leave early, 37 yards. Washington, 36. 38 yards. Johnson was the high receiver in this game. This was a complete defensive win. This is a team that could sneak into the playoffs on the heels of their defense. And then Boswell ended up making four field goals in this game, including the field goals to make it 13-13, 16-13, and then 19-13. And Tennessee has, with the loss of Derrick Henry, completely lost their identity that's not fair to say like they they have had success since he was hurt let's not you know throw the baby out with i am saying well what you saw it was a completion of not having henry because henry to me is the difference between a team that could go to the super bowl and a team that is definitely not going to go to the super bowl so if you don't want to if you want to say the identity isn't lost i just don't agree We'll see um, if if Henry or if and when he comes back, obviously, uh, you know, that is is a huge boost that they certainly need right now. Tennessee got shut out in the second half. Um, It was 13 to three at halftime in favor of the Titans. And I mean, they lose 13 to 19, just a really, really flat performance. And here's the thing. I mean, you, you mentioned you lift off the skill position players. You look at the box score, you know, on. So first downs, Tennessee had 22 to Pittsburgh's 12. Third downs, Tennessee 8 of 18, Pittsburgh 2 of 11. Total net yards, the Titans had 318 to Pittsburgh's 168. Uh, The Titans ran 78 plays on offense. The Steelers ran 45. Rushing net yards, you talk about Derrick Henry. The Titans had 201 rushing net yards. The Steelers had 30 five i mean (laughs) penalties the the titans had seven to pittsburgh's five you know and some penalties can be you know certainly more impactful than others um the steelers missed a field goal i mean like you know and and the titans dominate dominated time of possession held the ball for almost 40 minutes to pittsburgh's 20 39 minutes and eight seconds uh to be specific i mean you look at that there's no way that they lose this game but somehow some way that they did um i blame everybody except for ryan Tannehill. I, I've said this before, and I, I think this game reaffirmed it. You know how folks are like, oh, you know, that quarterback gets injured a lot. Let's put him in like a glass box so he doesn't get injured. 
That's TJ Watt for the Steelers. They're just a different team. With uh, like a like a protective glass box, not the Kirk Cousins one that was uh, discussed earlier. Right? This no, not no, not not, not, Kirk, not the Kirk Cousins one. <laughs> right. Man, I think he's my least favorite quarterback. I, I, I really, I, it's been so hard to tell that. Uh, I, I really do. Impossible just, to tell. He might be the quarterback of this Steelers team next year. By the way, just so you know, that'd be a mistake, and I would feel for the black and yellow. Um, Watt had a, one and a half sacks in this game. He has 17 and a half on the season, and he's been hurt for a lot of the games. Clearly the best defensive player in the NFL. Um, in this game, he had three quarterback hits, seven pressures, and he recovered a fumble. Cam Hayward also had a nice game. He had four pressures, the half sack, and then six tackles on the day. The Steelers are the team this year that could m- upset teams just pure defense in the postseason, and i i think if they can get in um it'll be it'll be really interesting and and you know they, they are part of that afc north as you were describing where i mean there's four teams above 500 right now and they're all separated by a game or a half a game and so uh, we'll see if if they can even go on a run here and and make the division uh, interesting i i like the steelers and to me uh, the titans are the cardinals of the the afc they had a chance here, um, and due to injuries and poor play, there you have them primed for upset, getting upset early in the playoffs. Uh, the Titans lost to the Cardinals in week one of this season, and on the subject of the Cardinals of the AFC West, they will host the San Francisco 49ers on Thursday night football this week. Uh, check out Niners Nation. I know Stats, Kyle, and the rest of the crew will have a lot of stuff there. Check out Music City Miracles as well. Um, very, very big game. Also, I mean, we'll see. I know you got to be nervous, Pete Sweeney, with the big bad Berg coming to town for the Kansas City Chiefs. That's who got some great games coming up this uh, this Christmas weekend. So um, very, gotta- very fun stuff. You know, I think in Kansas City, we just got to focus on on T.J. Watt. I, I think the Chiefs just have to give him extra attention. They have had success against teams with a game record like this multiple times with Max Crosby. If you can curb T.J. Watt, the Chiefs are a better team than the Steelers. I'm not worried at all. Uh, by the way, Pete, just some some news notes coming out while we're recording. Teddy Bridgewater, the Broncos, announced that he has been released from the hospital and is heading Great. home. He is in the concussion protocol. Just uh, for what it's worth, the Broncos, um, again, Teddy's health remains first and foremost the top priority. But the Broncos have a date in Vegas, speaking of, against the Raiders this Sunday. So we'll see if it's Teddy or Drew Locke. Also, Raiders will be coming off a, a big burrito win as well, so you got to keep that in mind. That's true. Um, also, there are <laughs> Two games to- <laughs> there are two games tomorrow that's true uh, and uh <laughs> obviously delayed due to covid uh situations uh, washington all pro guard brandon scherf is being placed on the reserve covid list so he is going to miss that game against philadelphia tomorrow night we now pete sweeney head over to uh tampa where the buccaneers wow. lost in fact the buccaneers but got shut more like the buccaneers last oh night, man in case anybody is underwear i will take any and every opportunity to say this i do not know <laughs> i told pete this several years ago i do not know how the players if, if pete and i were on the buccaneers i'll put it this way if we were on the buccaneers every yeah. summer I would organize a trip to Boca Raton. I would get T-shirts and koozies and sunglasses and visors made that said Bocaneers. And that I would, would be Godwin, and you would you would certainly be Antonio Brown. I would be Mike Evans because I'm a fighting Texas Ag. <laughs> that that so I'd be Evans. You'd be Godwin. Godwin, uh, you know, Mister Reliable, cool, well, calm, collected. Well, you- if we were, if, if that's who we were, we missed most of this game. Mike Evans, yes, we did. Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette, all knocked out of this game. 
for the Buccaneers. It was three Brett Maher field goals. That was all the scoring on the most <laughs> the worst, watched television the the show year. in the world. The worst game of the year. Uh, the Saints, Pete Sweeney, have Nine, six swept, jags over the Bills. Uh, the worst game the Saints have swept the Buccaneers in the regular season in back-to-back years. Tom Brady is 1-4 and four against them as a Buccaneer. His only win, of course, coming in the divisional round of last year's playoffs. An important win that was. I think he would take that one over any of the other four. Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara each had 11 carries for the Saints, a combined 51 rushing yards between the two of them. Mark Ingram did chip in 10, 10 yards on nine carries himself. Uh, Taysom Hill, 13 of 27, 154 yards. Uh, Callaway led the led, Callaway kind of had the most respectable fantasy performance, I guess, of anybody. Six catches, a buck 12. Other than that, this game was really dry. I mean, it's 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 win. It's it's the final week of most fantasy regular seasons, and you would have thought the Buccaneers would have been great and safe plays. It wasn't enough though, and now the Bucks, Pete, have fallen to a three-way tie at the top of the NFC. Well, you've got the Packers at the very top, but the Bucks, the Cowboys, and the Cardinals all tied. And uh, for any Cowboys fans listening, the Buccaneers, Pete, do have the head-to-head tiebreaker over the Cowboys by virtue of the Week One win. However, because there are now three teams tied with the two of them in the Cardinals, the tiebreaker becomes conference record, which is how Dallas is currently the number two seed in the NFC. Okay. So interesting. I, I think the saints are, are making a push here, right? They're in the seventh seed. Correct me if I'm wrong, RJ, if the playoffs started today, it would be Cowboys saints, right? It would. It very much would be uh, about that matchup with the way that Dak is playing. Um, the Cowboys but, literally just beat the Saints two weeks ago. Pete. Yeah, but you know what? This this is gonna <laughs> this is the type of win by those Saints oh that gives God. them confidence. I think okay. Tom Brady. I know that a lot of people are gonna point to the losses, Ooh. and these were Ooh. these were go off. Have a hot take. Come on, these were significant. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just telling nothing against Brady. These were sig- significant losses, um, as you were saying, in Godwin win and, and Fournette and. By the way, just just sorry, Pete, just to add to that, it was reported just before we started streaming and recording that Chris Godwin is going to be placed on injured reserve, which right. knocks him out the rest of the regular season, and he can of course return for the playoffs. But I have um, I, I that goes into the the take. So Brady, according to Next Gen, was pressured by the Saints on twenty five point five percent of dropbacks. That's a quarter of the game. He he's under pressure. So which I mean, quarter? I, One, two, three, or four? It's a combined <laughs> percentage quarter. Um, you know, anyway, so it, to me, the saints deserve a lot of credit in this, in this win. Of course, it's a completely different game. If these guys are in the field with that being said, Godwin and and taking him out will hurt the bucks, but they're due to get insane Antonio Brown back in the mix. So that's not necessarily going to, going to kill them here. I think what has become apparent in the main story coming out of this game to me is the fact that this is not the 2021 I don't want to say Cinderella run but but championship this doesn't have the same championship feel that the Bucks had down the stretch um going uh into the playoffs. Last year's team does not lose this game. It mm-hmm. just does not. And so to me what this game meant is the fact that we're going to have a new Super Bowl champion this year. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the Chiefs, could be the Cowboys, might be the Packers finally. Who knows? Maybe it's someone out of the AFC. The Colts could go on a magical run. But I'm telling you, if you had a choice right now between the Buccaneers and the field, you're taking. Oh, the field. I, 
I'm not taking any team over the field to be clear. Like I don't, I just saw principle. Well, I mean, Kansas city, you could, you could discuss, but uh, <laughs> what I would do is, is, is take the field over the bucks. And, and that, that to me is the right time Rachel for the come up of the week. And the reason I say Rachel uh, is because we got to get some music going with this in post-production and, and it's, it is the field. The come up of the week is the field because the field what? is going to win the Super Bowl. They they will be the Super Bowl champions. Pete, this is Ain't the worst no come repeat. up of the week of all like, time. Like like Rocky, like like Apollo Creed. I, I says will take thirty one teams over one to win the in, Super Bowl. In I am one, going out on a limb after the matchup. Apollo Creed whispers, "Ain't gonna be no rematch," and there there ain't gonna be no repeat in the NFL. Uh, there will be a new champ come up of the week to the rest of the league. Just so everybody knows, Pete Sweeney desperately wants there to not be a repeat for the Buccaneers because the Chiefs were, uh, were unable to repeat themselves. So he wants to invalidate any potential for any team to repeat well, until the Chiefs get that out. You know what? We'll see here. I know we're not going to talk about Kansas City a lot on this podcast, but if they do go on this run, it's dynasty, baby. It, it'll be a dynasty in Kansas Two City. Two out of three Can't is not argue. a dynasty. You have, I mean, mm, it's I not. about that. The min- you got to have at least three titles. We'll save we'll save that for Monday Football Monday on February fifteenth or whatever it is. Um. Anyway, goodness gracious, what an embarrassing loss for the Buccaneers. Congratulations to the, the New Orleans Saints. Uh. By the way, shout out to Dennis Allen. I said I'd be Mike Evans because he's a fight in Texas Aggie. Dennis Allen, who was the interim coach on Sunday night, also a fight in Texas Aggie. So Sean Payton uh, might as well uh, sit out the rest of the year. Uh. Anyway, okay. Let's move on. The in the Buffalo Bills. Kevin James. Cortland Buffalo grad. Bills got off the schneid, got a win Your against team. the Carolina Panthers. Congratulations. I, I said, Pete Tweeney, on the look ahead a couple of weeks ago, going into that Monday Night Football game, Bills-Patriots, I said, if and when the Bills lose this game to the Patriots, which they did, uh, it will be the first of three losses out of their next four they're going to sustain. They will lose their two games to the Patriots, and they will lose to the Buccaneers, <laughs> and they will beat the Carolina Panthers because if there is actual – we throw the word fraud around a lot. If there was an actual fraud in the no, NFL no, this don't season, do it. it is the Carolina Panthers. Oh, I thought you were going to say Cam Newton. No, no, no. Cam Newton, 18 of 38. Threw the ball. Why is Cam Newton throwing the ball 38 times? 156 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Did run 15 times for 71 yards and another score. Um, okay, cool. Josh Allen, 19 of 34, 210, three touchdowns and an interception. Devin Singletary scored, had 22 carries because Sean McDermott said, I am going to hand the ball to a running back. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a nice win for the, the Bills, but I mean, the Panthers suck. I don't, I don't think the Bills are back by any means. Like I said, they're going to lose this week to the Patriots and they'll be falling down to eight and seven and they might miss the playoffs. In fact, Pete Sweeney, at our current moment, and again, we still have four games left to go. The Bills are the seventh seed. They are hanging on by the thinnest of thin threads in the AFC race. Yeah, I, I wonder about the future of the Carolina Panthers right now. I don't think they have a quarterback. I think they don't, be they don't even have a head coach, dude. Matt Rule is awful. Like, I think they'll is, have a this, this I think is gross. The, I know the Panthers were in the mix for Eric Bieniemy. I wonder if, if that finally happens in the offseason. We'll see. Um, more about the bills. You know, I, I, I think you're right. I don't think it tells us a ton about Buffalo being righted or fixed or anything like that. Not to say they're necessarily broken, but you need to see it against the quality team. I think I saw a stat where Cam Newton has lost 12 starts in a row for the Panthers dating back to when he used to be a Panther. I don't. So to me, like a win over Cam Newton right now that I don't really care about it. And I just look at the, the playoff seating and this is what's so fascinating about the playoff seating rules 
is right now you have New England as the number two seed at nine and five after their loss. And Buffalo is now eight and six. So just the jump up factor of when two teams are so close in the division like this, because the, the four division seeds, you know, you get you get such a jump up. So uh, that's a huge game. It's one of the bigger games in the AFC in the year of the Bills and, and the Patriots coming up. And I don't know how you look at that game, even after the Patriots struggled on Saturday and and think that the, the Bills are going to win it. I just it's hard for me to to think that they're going to go in New England even after this win against the Panthers and somehow save their season. And and I you know I just don't think that's going to happen either. I agree. I think the Bills th- this is um you know this this is a nice you get a nice week, Bills fans. You know what I mean? If you're going to you know, talk to some family, you're going to enjoy the holiday, you get you get to have the conversations. Like, hey, if they Bills. pull it out, I mean, then they're, they're then I, I think they're suddenly dangerous again, you they're know, not. because I think you can get a lot of confidence out of that. But, you know, that three throw Buffalo is <laughs> so Buffalo will lose so this bad. Game, this game is in Foxborough on Sunday. Yeah, okay, so that will drop them to eight and seven. What and time then, is this game on? Uh, it's at noon on Sunday. Uh, oh, what a and, what a travesty that is. And then they've got Atlanta and the Jets at home to finish it. And I think they'll win those games. So you, we're putting them at 10 and 7. And I just don't think that's enough. I, I don't think that's enough in the AFC right now. You I mean, know, by the way, you know that if it's beat the Jets for the playoffs, Robert Sala is going to come in there ready to spoil. And the Jets have had moments this year where they were interesting. So I, that would be just such a terrible way to end the season where if you win and get in and you lose to New York, come on. By the way, uh, Cam Cam Newton has lost 12 straight starts as the Panthers quarterback, just to be clear to Pete's point. He obviously won some games last year as a New England Patriot. I want you to guess the the year and team um, last time Cam Newton won a game as the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. The year it happened and the team it took place against. So it had to be 2019, right? I want you to guess. I'm not going to give you any clues. 2019. And I'm going to guess the Falcons. Wrong. Uh, it was an NFC South team, but it was not 2019. Cam played two games, the first two games in 2019, before being hurt for the rest of the season. 2018 and the Bucks. It was 2018, a home game against the Buccaneers. Look at the me. The Panthers won 42 to 28. Well second done. time's a charm. I say mm-hmm. it all the time. Second time with all those clues. Anyway, uh, second time, third time, 10th time, a millionth time, not the time for the New York, not good at all football <laughs> Giants, Pete Sweeney. <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys, America's team, swept the G-men oh, on the God. season. Uh, the Giants, Red, Pete Sweeney, have leg. now lost Red, 10 leg. games in every season. That is five seasons since the infamous boat photo leading up to the playoffs after the 2016 season, 21 to six, the final score. I don't know if you were tracking this, Pete. Um, this was fan appreciation day for the Giants in MetLife Stadium. Did you see anything about this? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, uh-huh. um, yeah, the Giants, um, in an Dina. effort to, to really please their fan base, gave away a free medium soda uh, to all season ticket holders uh, as a thank you for paying Not thousands of dollars. The story. Uh, <clears throat> not fair to soda. Not fair to soda in general. I mean, I will take a, a medium Coke, but I the problem was you, you you did it around fan appreciation day and it and immediately it raises up the question of so, well, how much do you appreciate? I, I really don't know if you medium soda's worth. So not only <laughs> is, is this this bad, it wasn't even a free medium soda per person. 
It was a free medium soda, one free medium soda yeah. per season ticket holder account. Wow. So if, if you, with all your riches, buy 10 season tickets for you, your family, and friends, you only get one free medium and soda. And in COVID times, too, it, it's unsafe to pass that soda around right, right. at this point. It's got to be a soda for one person. So you, you know, you're probably having three other people, maybe one other person at least. No soda got to buy their own soda on Appreciation it, Day. It was an awful showing for the New York Giants. No touchdowns, two Graham Gano field goals. Uh, that was it. The Dallas Cowboys, Pete Tweeney, had four takeaways on defense for the third time in a row, third game in a row. In fact, Pete Tweeney, the Dallas Cowboys have won three games in a row. In fact, all three of those games have taken place on the road in fact the dallas cowboys are the only team in the nfl to win three straight road games this season only the indianapolis Colts and cincinnati Bengals also played three games in a row but they did not win all three of them because they are not as yeah. good as the cowboys uh it wasn't even a micah parsons day i mean just kind of a, a normal day at the office for him it was a demarcus lawrence day for the dallas cowboys as they got to 10 and 4 on the season now the number two seed in the nfc yeah, the Cowboys are the Chiefs of like three weeks ago yep. where they're, the defense is, is propelling them and keeping them alive here in really the top of the conference. And they just need to get their offense figured out. And they're suddenly going to be really, really a interesting pick to make the Super Bowl and win the NFC. So, you know, there's good and bad there, right? Like it has to happen for you to feel like, okay, maybe they can, can beat the Packers. Maybe they can beat uh, an up-and-coming Rams team or if the Bucks uh, figure it out. Uh, right now, it just would be hard for me to believe on the like just with their defense that they'll be able to do it. But I also I also think that like Dak is good enough to figure this out, and the receivers are too talented. Tony Pollard and and Elliott just need to get a little bit healthier here, which should happen, you would think, and then you know it could lead them right into feeling pretty good about themselves heading into the NFC tournament. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's well said. Uh Cowboys are their win or excuse me, their probability of making the playoffs and winning the NFC East is literally 99%. Can I say um, something about the Giants quickly? I suppose. I mean, rumblings have come out that John Mara, I don't know how true this is. That's a is, great like John Facenda. John Mara is doubling down on Joe Judge and yeah. internally likens him to Bill Belichick. What are we? What world is he living in? These Giants are going to stink until they get rid of the head coach, the GM, and the quarterback. I'm sorry to say. Um, obviously, I do a lot of work with Ed Valentine here at SB Nation, who runs BigBlueView.com, our New York Giants site. And his point all along has been that the Giants do not want to move on from another coach. This would be three in a row after a two-year stint. It's so just they, like a GM who doesn't want to cut their losses. It's yeah, like, it's, I, it's like I, we're going to go with another year of Trubisky. Why? I, I mean, we, everyone sees it, right? Like, I, I don't I don't get that. I just don't I, get it. I'm very grateful for the New York Giants, to say the least. Again, five straight seasons of 10 or more losses for the Giants. Just um, an abomination. Um, you mentioned it, the Cowboys offensively, they have time to get right. Like I said, 99% chance to be a playoff team and win the NFC East. They have Washington on Sunday Night Football. Big game next Sunday against Arizona. 
uh, and then at Philadelphia to wrap it up in week 18. And so hopefully that's enough time for the offense to get right. It should be mentioned. I, I don't put a ton of stock into this, but again, they have been away from home three weeks in a row. In fact, their last game at home, Pete, and it was a loss, was the Thanksgiving Day game to put in perspective how long it's been. Um, so um, it will be nice for them to get some home cooking, some home loving, um, and hopefully the offense gets on board and starts showing up. Hey, Jake Fromm, friend of SB Nation, um, the NFL show here. We interviewed him at the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Uh, he got in this game for the Giants. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, That was about the most interesting thing. It wasn't even a good thing, but just the most interesting thing that happened to the New York Giants. Let's move on. The Miami Dolphins, Pete, were one and seven. They were one and seven. Everybody counted them out. So this, uh, all the Eagles fans who own Miami's first round pick next year, this is going to be a top five pick. This might even be the number one overall pick. Right. Howie Roseman's a genius. Look at the Dolphins. They are one and seven. The Miami no, Dolphins. Don't even say that in jest. Get your, get your fins up, Pete Tweeney. Do the swim for me. Have won six games in a row to get to seven and seven. They are the first team in NFL history since the 1974 appropriately New York Jets to start mm. off one and seven and reel off six games in a row to get back to 531 to 24. The final score, the Miami Dolphins, Pete Sweeney, keep on swimming, just like Dory. Yeah, um, good win for the Dolphins, I guess. You got to beat the Jets. Jets almost beat them in this game they out did. of nowhere which would have been a terrible, terrible loss and pretty much the end of their season. So they stay alive here. They're in 11th place in the conference, so they got to keep winning. They basically have no room for error. And uh, yeah, I don't know. My grand takeaway in this game was just watching Tua and realizing that maybe he isn't. You know how I always said Huntley is a starter in the NFL? Mm -hmm. I watched Tua in this game, and I, I felt like maybe he isn't a starter in the NFL. They've been able to go on this run with the play of Tua, and he hasn't even played every game, right? Because they, they had some injuries there or whatever but um good on the dolphins and and yeah they're making at least the end of the season here interesting i, I tend to think because of the quarterback play and because i don't think tua can will them to the playoffs they won't make it and i i think you're starting to understand like why they've been so interested in in like the not so secret talks with the texans for deshaun watson because you know they kind of know what we see Mm, well said. Let's move on to the San Francisco 49ers, another team that a lot of people buried, said, no way, uh-uh, not going to happen. Got a win over the Atlanta Falcons, 31 to 13. 49ers and Falcons kind of have a cute little history. Sometimes the Falcons pull off the upsets, but that did not happen out at Levi's Stadium. Jeff Wilson Jr. might carry me to the fantasy playoffs in my league, Pete Tweeney. 21 wow. carries, a buck 10, and a score. Debo Samuel had six carries for 29 yards and a touchdown, chipped in four catches and 60 yards. He is all purpose. Uh, Matt Ryan, fine day. Kyle Pitts did have four catches, 77 yards. Just another, another insignificant day for the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I, I mean, the Falcons are the Falcons, right? Like, they're... Mm. Just a, a a team that isn't relevant, and most years isn't relevant anymore. And I, I will say this: Pitts Pitts looked great in this game. I mean, you had Kittle on the other side, and and you know they kind of look almost as as equals. Speaking of Kittle, I, I I said this before, but when Kittle is cooking and is healthy and is feeling great, I think it makes the 49ers so much better. They have that constant rotation at running back it doesn't matter who they insert there they usually are effective to me you know which is impressive um so yeah i i like the 49ers and and yeah they've they similar to these other teams that we've been talking about have made the end of the season interesting and i, I think they're going to find themselves 
in the postseason. This seems like to me a, a team. They are that's the on, sixth seed currently in the NFC. Yeah, this seems like a team to me that is clearly on the come up, and we'll see if they can finish the job. Mm. Good job, 49ers. Uh, the NFC starting to crystallize a little bit. The the number of teams that are in the race for the wild card definitely much smaller than it is in the NFC. Um, just to include it, uh, not that these teams are interesting, but Pete, the Houston Texans beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 30 to 16 um, on Sunday. The Jaguars did not experience a huge boost by the firing of urban meyer last week james robinson did have 75 yards and a score uh where a fan was on the field uh by the way uh trevor lawrence just a nice day at the office uh davis mills 19 to 30 290 i mean this is a boring game this was just a a classic thank goodness let me ask you something i mean this is you ask this thing Pete. this is my this is my takeaway from the game who is the best quarterback in this game clearly which player I mean, I'm not going to do this. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not going to put myself on tape doing this. No, I'm, I'm not going to. Davis this. Mills was clearly the better quarterback. Obviously, that's says I'm, more. I'm more willing to Trevor give Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence a huge benefit of the doubt for this season. On, I'm, I, 100%. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve that. But I'm saying to the ownership, like Shad Khan, like, look what you did. Look what you did here. Uh, you, I get what you're saying. You broke him this much. Okay. I'm, I'm okay with this. You, this had, you have this guy with all this talent, and we get to this game at the end of the season, and to me, Davis Mills is clearly the better quarterback. 209 yards, the two touchdowns, and the interception. Look, he is what he is. But I, I, I feel for anyone that roots for the Jacksonville Jaguars because of, of what they did to this team and these young players, especially Trevor Lawrence, and just setting him back a year. You got to go out this offseason and find the right guy. Find him. Find him. And, look look under all the rocks. That Giants energy where they're like sticking with Joe Judge, you have to get it right. You have to have a coach that is going to be with Lawrence for the next three to five. So take your time, but be purposeful about it because it, it's a it's a travesty what they've done to to Trevor Lawrence. All right, Pete, let's uh, let's pick the final four games of the week. Again, normally we only have one, but obviously this week we have four. We've we already picked the first game. Well, we've already picked Raiders and Browns. Uh, right. So the, the burrito is on the line. The six and seven Minnesota Vikings visiting the four and nine Chicago Bears. This is the actual Monday night football game. No Manning cast, Pete. Uh, I'm taking the Vikings. If you if you in fact, I'll give you the points, whatever they are. Uh, let's see yeah. here. Um, you know, I'll take I'm, I'm ready to believe um, the according to our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, the Vikings are six and a half point favorites. I'll take that. Yeah. if you will. Yeah. Give me the Bears. All right. We got double burritos. OK, <laughs> um, we, we the, might get to the end of, of the day here and, and there's no burrito change because the Raiders could win. And then you hand me the burrito and I can just hand it right back to you after the uh, second. Nice. Game. Passing the baton burrito. I see. Um, OK. On times, Tuesday, not not really safe, but it is what it is, I well, guess. You know, we'll pass them digitally. Okay. Uh, we can order gift cards online. You know what I'm saying? Like, or, or through right, the app. Right. We'll both get yeah, the yeah. app. We'll send each other some some points or whatever they're mm-hmm. called. Anyway, on Tuesday, the five and eight Seahawks are going to get mollywopped by the nine and four Los Angeles Rams. Mollywopped. Um, what was the question? The Seahawks are going to lose to the Rams, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we're, we're in agreement. Finally, on Tuesday night as well, this game will happen simultaneously. Uh, the six and seven ba- battle of the six and sevens actually. W F. That's right. W F. Battle for relevance. 
Pete's Washington football team visiting Pete's Dirty Bird, Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, <laughs> who are you going to pick and why? How are you going to pick between your two allegiances? No, I'm going to say that this game pretty clearly is going to end in a tie. I don't think it if either. It does, if, if it does, Pete, I'm being serious. The Cowboys win the NFC East. If, if this game ends yeah. in a tie, yeah, the, I'm calling the it right now. We are going to get to the end. The, these teams are so um, boring. I, oh. I just can't. I just can't Go see. Off, King. I just can't see either one of them willing their way to victory. So I'm. I can foresee a. I think this is going to be a 17 to 17 tie. Um, and that's just how I feel. I'm not. You know, I'm not going to pick this one. I'll take Washington to win, but okay. I don't feel great about it. But I, I can't. We can't bet against a tie. I mean, so we just don't right. have that one on the board. So we got two burritos on the board. Uh, we, I've got Browns at plus two and a half, and I've got Vikings at minus six and a half against you, Pete. So I would say good luck, but I don't wish that to you. It's instance. crazy to me, and I'm looking at the standings here because the the Eagles are six and seven, and Washington is six and seven as well. Good, good job reading. Yes, that's true. If Washington wins this game, they're in the postseason play, which is wild to me. I think the Eagles, from what I I can see in the standings, if they win, they would still need to win more games because of the the conference record. But well, the Eagles whoa. have lost the tiebreaker to the 49ers, which hurts okay. them in this right. in this race because they they've lost the head to head. The birds really could could go on a run here and make the postseason though. If they just the, the point game. here really is if Pete picks you at some point, you are doomed because Pete has staked his love for both the WFT and the Eagles. <clears> if before. the Eagles win against Washington, they have the Giants and then Washington again. I mean, those they are lost great. to the Giants a couple of weeks ago. I know. I trust me. I know. I was watching that. Um, I I think that th- those three games are winnable, and then you might get the Cowboys at the end of the year uh, to make the playoffs. Interesting. Interesting division, that NFC East. Uh, it's great to have you back, Pete. Even though, like, to me, everything is the same for you, but it just it feels right to have you back. Um, what do you mean? You're back. You're back from L.A. You were, you oh. know, you were at the Hollywood sign and everything. I mean, Pete, people, you should have seen the, the photos that Pete sent. I mean, they were they were risque, to say the least. What are you, what are you talking about? We went. Uh, <laughs> I had a great time um, in L.A. I actually r- rode the elevator at the game with... Um, Keegan Key, Keegan Michael Key, Key, whatever his name is. You were clearly impressed. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a big celebrity guy, but it was interesting. I, I think he did some stuff with the Chargers. The Chargers press box food, it, it's a movie theater up there. So I really appreciate it. You did that. actually send a photo of that. That was really cool. Um, the, what was the, the what did you say candy. you grabbed? What was the, the candy you grabbed? I believe it was a, a Kit Kat. No, I think you said Sour Patch Kids is what you grabbed. Sour Patch Kids and then a peanut butter cup. And I might have, might have taken a Kit Kat for the road. <laughs> okay. Are you – um? last question, then we'll get out of here. Do you eat the Kit Kats by the individual bars, or are you one of these freaks that just, like, bites into it? <laughs> <laughs> I go individual bar. Um, Good for you. Because – but, I, you know – I can understand the people that do <laughs> do like a savage bite it because for some reason the the Kit Kat and the consistency when you go individual bar you, it uh, does leave a little bit of res on your hands and then you got to go wash your hands after ah like the little just like like what you're saying that's a good point and it, and if uh, you know what Pete I'm not swayed but I'm I'm open my ears are open at the very least um, yeah great job by you with ears um, wide open. How do you ooh, how do you uh, eat your Kit Kats? Pete is on Twitter at PG Sween. I am on Twitter at yeah, tell us. Joe. I would like to know. Yeah, I mean, if I, you know what, if if, if you can convince me, I, maybe I'll try it your way. Do you, you know, eat I'm, two Twix at, at at once? Do you toss no, Junior I actually, in your mouth? 
I, I love Twix, but I hate eating them because you take a bite and then that little caramel strand is coming out. And it's just, yeah, and then it's, it's like awkward. Uh, it is gross. It's, it's the in, inside of Three Musketeers is nasty too. What do you mm-hmm. think about people who put Hershey bars into their popcorn at the theater? People do this? Yeah, a little chocolate. But like they, a bar? Yeah, you, <laughs> like a, like you a break whole... it in. You... <laughs> I actually think. You buy it's... the bar and you break it into the popcorn. Yeah. I hot take not really but i think it's weird when people put any candy like people are like i buy m&ms and i put them in my popcorn like there you go I, when when i grab popcorn i grab it with my two finger my index and middle finger and my thumb so like yeah, i'm not i'm, I'm not eating this hand. like a you know barbarian with like a, a underrated full of, of of stuff i mean it's not a underrated movie eating. candy and they don't even have it everywhere everywhere snow caps do you remember some snow caps of course i remember snow caps hunter <sighs> um delicious what was Hunter's last name in Boy Meets World? But the uh, the candy that was in Renfro. the purse. Was, I think it was uh, Hunter Renfro. Renfro but uh, Hunter, man, what was it? Uh, but anyway, Hunter in Boy Meets World, he and Angela partly fell in love because there were snow caps in her purse. So they mean a lot to me in my life. Whoa, 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 whoa. Mr. Steal Your Girl, Hunter from Boy Meets uh, World. Pete Sweeney, the last 439 words belong to you. Go ahead. Not going to go that far, but I'll, I'll tell you this. A happy Christmas to you. Oh, it's it was Sean cla- Hunter. Why was I calling him Hunter? Man, it's embarrassing. A little classier to say happy Christmas, so keep that in mind this week. Happy Christmas. See y'all next week. <laughs>